Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm not going to worry about your level of concern. Yoy and double yoy. We talking about Twitter. Ripple yoy. Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. Quadruple yoy. And that one thou, and that one thou, that one thou, and that one thou. We love Steeler Nation. We love Pittsburgh, PA. That's right. <laughs> it's what Jen's talking about. The conversation about the conversation exclusively on Behind the Steel Curtain. Ooh. I'm your host, Kyle Kreis. Here with me is Greg Benevent. Hello. Always glad to be here. And we are on a, a four-game <laughs> winning streak. But, hey, you wouldn't know it from Steelers mm. Twitter. I haven't seen I haven't seen a more miserable fan base with a four-game losing streak <laughs> since maybe we had a four-game winning streak uh, last, last week. Or last, or last year, last year yes. There was, yes, there was just as much uh, enmity there. Yeah. And you know we had a we had a twelve game win streak and we still had uh, we still had some haters out there so mm-hmm. I guess on a four game win streak maybe we shouldn't be too surprised about some of the tweeters out there mm-hmm. uh, let let's get straight into it because we got to start with Ben's victory tour Ooh. at the Steelers and at 
This was Ben's 50th career game-winning drive, tying him with some guy named Brady for third all-time. So we got Peyton with 54, Breeze with 53, and that was also Ben's 38th career fourth-quarter comeback, third all-time, three behind Brady as well. Uh, You know, the, the, the... Ben just wins. All he does is win. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, you can obviously hear the counter argument. Well, Brady didn't have to have that many comebacks because he was always ahead. Okay, that's the kind of company that Ben is keeping here. That's how many wins there have been over the last almost two decades. That's right. So if he's at a hundred and. 50-some wins, and a third of them were come from behind. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's that's like only in the movies do you have that kind of heroics. Oh, yeah, and that also explains how we've all felt so anxious and scared over the course of these last two decades, is that they all a third of the time they they win and come back, but sure, but they have to come back to do it. That's that's a good point. I uh, I the blood was the blood was rushing after the game. I think I went and did some errands afterwards because it was just like there's no way I'm going to bed mm-hmm. now. Let's keep the Ben love going mm-hmm. at Renegade Adam. I thought Ben played one of the best games as far as decision making. Mm. Although I want to see his ball placement return to a higher level. This was above the neck game for Ben. Absolutely. I mean, I I think it's hard not to say that Ben's played one of his best games of decision-making. Why? Because there were no turnovers. There were no big plays that absolutely ruined, uh, uh, turned things around on the team. And also, I think uh, part of this, and this is my counter-argument too, I'd like to see his ball replacement return to a higher level, is that I think from what I've heard, what you may have seen in the post-game, I think Ben was maybe a little more banged up later in the week than I think a lot of us knew. And so I think this was just a heroic performance all around. Everything hurts. Yeah, yeah. Ben, yeah. Ben took some hits there. We saw him. Uh, we we you know we saw him check down and not panic. Mm-hmm. We, we he didn't he wasn't forcing uh, mm-hmm. too too much. I you know there might have been one or two, but uh, as far you know game manager, we say that in a in a bad way. But this was the kind of example of above the neck play giving us a, a win in in all in all improbability. Mm-hmm. And I think just also what you just said about game managers that you know the drawback to being the game manager is that's the guy who's not going to force a couple throws game who's not going to try for that big big play so okay the fact that it didn't go badly is great but i you always want ben to try and force it into a window or two throughout a game because that could be the play that breaks the whole thing open let's uh let's go on to at uh at hey let's go to at steelers depot who blocked me uh this week Uh, for the stat line here, Ben Roethlisberger is 87 of 129 for 953 yards, six TDs, zero interceptions in the last four games. Not, you know, I, not uh, he's not going to get the FedEx Air uh, Award from uh, CBS anytime soon with those stats. But uh, I think six TDs, no interceptions, and in the last two games, no fumbles. We saw a fumble a game uh, for the first month and a half and no turnovers at all. Right, absolutely, and I think the most important thing is you look at, you know, those four games, divide 120 by four. I'm not so great with the math, but boy, that's not 50 attempts a game. That's not those big, big throwing numbers that used to lead to chaos. When you're getting decent running with Najee, that just opens the rest of this thing up. We need volunteers, not hostages. Oh, I, I, was, I was actually trying to get... You can keep my tombstone or whatever. I'll take the W. <laughs> no, no tombstone yet for Ben. Don't dig that grave yet. Uh, let's go to... At Steelers fan underscore, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, in all the celebration here, Ben became the most sacked QB in NFL history last night. 534 sacks. Brady is 533, which was surprising that he was number two. Right, that he was. It, it, that just has to be a longevity thing. I would have assumed it was like David Krieg or something. But um, but yeah, no, with Ben, with that number, I mean, I, as soon as I saw that, I thought of, I think it was a quote from Justin Fields after the game where he said something like, why does Ben get the roughing the passer call and I don't? It's like, ah, if you divide how many times Ben has gotten roughing the passer call by these 534 sacks <laughs> i imagine that's a pretty low percentage it's my quarterback yeah and we there, I, there were a couple scary moments you mm-hmm. know he's taking hits in these yes. games and i'm i'm always just you know there was one where he stayed down for a little bit longer and mm-hmm. i thought you know that's it every time he gets hit i'm thinking that's it right there it's up right. in smoke and uh it's it, so you know I don't know how many it's, it's still just one play away I don't know how many more sacks he can take I know that he's not you know he's this game there wasn't the big hits like he took some in Cleveland but still the, you know the sacks are there's already more this year than last year and mm-hmm. uh take take a guess who who had the most sacks on Ben in his career out of those 534 who do you think got him the most for sacks who got him the most uh, uh, uh I'll go with the um uh, you, you know I'm fighting a cold when I'm trying to think. The, the gentleman from Baltimore that was unable to even say Pittsburgh for a few years. The other Hall of Famer from Arizona State. He's now a movie producer and makes really terrible movies. D- uh, D- Doomerville? No, no, no. The, no, no, no. The other one. It, uh, Doomerville started in uh, uh, Denver, but the one who's been there the longest time. This is how you know I'm having a brain fart. But the other guy. Terrell Suggs? Yes, that's where I was going with Terrell Suggs. Hey, well, you got it. That was oh, I did? oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't get his name, but I got the stat right. That's the kind of expertise you can expect here for what Yen's talking about. You know, it's that guy over there. There in right. the Ravens jersey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He makes the he's the producer of bad movies now. That's what I can give you. Yeah, uh, he does. I didn't realize that he's producing he, he, movies he, a little bit. I mean, uh, I ain't seen him. I'm not gonna oh, watch him. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. You know, maybe he needs to make the Big Ben story. <laughs> Someone who's gonna, uh, you know, it's like Gladiator Two. Uh, let's go to. At Real Skip Bayless, mm. Roethlisberger didn't look too washed up on that game-winning drive. I gotta say, I that, another above-the-head drive. This wasn't mm-hmm. Super Bowl forty-three right. uh, drive, but a minute forty-six on the clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't panic, you know. Uh, hit hit Najee in the middle of the field. Didn't need to rush it. We had plenty of time. He knew what it took to get into field goal range. Uh, and if, I mean, it wasn't again. You're not going to see this uh, show up on the highlight reel, but maybe one of his one of the best uh, one of his best game winning drives. Uh, absolutely, and I would. And what hit me about that drive is that for so long we've talked about Ben's longevity in the league as a negative thing about how he's old and he's slow and he does that. This is that drive was very much okay. This is what almost two decades in the league gets you, knowing exactly what this has to be and exactly how it has to be done. And you can really see that. Also, I would like to say no one no one trips. Trolls like Skip Bayless. That's just <laughs> tremendous to go in front of that national audience and say Roethlisberger didn't look too washed up on that game-winning drive. You could almost see his head cocked to the side, like raising his eyebrows as he says it. Seven's your guy. Yeah, I got to agree. Uh, let's get one more last word on Ben here from at Mad Chad four one two. Roethlisberger's last twenty three games: forty four touchdowns, wow. fourteen interceptions. You know, I know yards per average and PFF, etc. Mm-hmm. Touchdown to interception ratio doesn't matter pending on the narrative you're looking at but 
Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl with nine touchdowns and 17 picks. <laughs> I, I think TD to interception ratio uh, does matter depending on, you know, if you're trying to lead a football team to victory. That actually, <laughs> that actually is more uh, important. I mean, I, I mean, immediately when I see that Peyton Manning thing, I think about, okay, just how good that defense was and how they did win games without Peyton in there uh, when they had to down the stretch. But yeah, it's, it's again, like, I think we're going to touch on a lot today. Uh, 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 when, when good, thi- good things that are almost bad are not bad they're still good yeah okay let me wait if good things that are almost bad Mm -hmm. are not bad they're good yes 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 that that's yes (laughs) (laughs) you know people still out there they still wanted ben fired especially you know most of that game up until that final winning drive Mm -hmm. there was Mm -hmm. all the fire you know fired ben fire ben i saw some mason tweets out there but you know this guy it's like it's it's He's the warrior on his horse on that final battle. You got to realize everyone on that offense is it was like six years old when Ben came into the league. Okay, they've been looking at this guy. He's mm-hmm. like Julius Caesar. They lived their whole life with mm-hmm. him at on top, and now they get this chance to to uh, to rally behind him for one last victory into the into the the Ottoman Empire. I don't know what the mm-hmm. what you know, but it's uh, it maybe may more maybe more relevant is it's kind of like old man Loki. It's, he's Richard E. Grant in, uh, in Loki, and he's going to get that famous final stand. Ooh, okay. I mean, I was just going to say, just hoping for a better ending than Julius Caesar. Oh. I think if we get that, I think I think we're well ahead of the game. But yeah, but no, everything you said is correct. I've watched this guy play for his entire year, uh, life. I mean, it's, that, it's just astonishing. Just, I can't even imagine what that must be like. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, it's we, we're we're a little bit older to remember before the Ben years. <laughs> oh, my word! But uh, it, um, yes, let's move on mm-hmm. because uh, we've got a you know we we don't just have uh, NFL heroes and legends on the team. We we have literal gods, <laughs> and I'm talking about Chris God. Well, uh, let's get to the tweets mm-hmm. at Stats Guy Daniel. Chris Boswell is a perfect 22 for 22 in the fourth quarter in overtime since 2019. Wow. Only Boswell and Justin Tucker haven't mm. missed in the fourth quarter. Definition of clutch. Wow. And especially because we hear so much about how Justin Tucker is the greatest kicker of all time. I mean, whenever you hear about kickers, that's inevitably what you're going to hear. And he absolutely is. He's t- uh, truly one of the best ever, all that. Sure. But man, Boswell is right there with him, particularly in this era, particularly since he came back from that injury. And he's winning games. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I hate to say, uh, is he underpaid for a kicker? But, you know, man, are we going to have to tag the kicker? You don't want to lose a guy like this. We, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, geez, 2019, just the last three years, uh, fourth quarter in overtime, that alone pays pays the, the salary right there, right? Absolutely. I mean, because that's what we say with TJ Watt. That's what you say with any other player that would make those big plays at the end of the game when you need them. I mean, isn't that what you want more than anything else? Sure, you'd love to have a complete team that goes deep at every position, but in lieu of that, in a salary cap era, you want the guys who are going to make those plays that it takes to win at the end. I remember the years, well, maybe it was just one year, when Gary Anderson was the team MVP. Oh, wow. Um, how... Where where would Boswell rank? Maybe he maybe not the team MVP, but is he top four? Maybe I mean I don't know how deep how many how deep the ballots go for Steelers voting for team MVP, but I you know if it goes at if it goes to top ten, there's no way you don't include him, and maybe if you're like top five or six, maybe too, like. 
how was this guy not voted uh, the team captain on special teams? I think we need to call Sidney Powell in here to kind of <laughs> go over these ballots. Uh, Derek Watt is your special team captain, not Chris not Chris Boswell, who I believe was special team captain the last two years. I, I, it is surprising. I mean, I always just assume it's like, okay, we're, the captain's going to be the guy that's around us. It's going to go to the guy that tackles. But like you said, hey, if Boswell's you know was the captain before this, it um, I, I I do think at least that captain is like, okay, there's one more reason to keep Derek Watt around. <laughs> One more, uh, one more tweet here on Boswell from at Steelers PR Mike mm. over at my dream job. Uh, Chris Boswell is the first player in NFL history to make two 50-yard field goals, a game-winning field goal, and recover an opponent's fumble all at the same time. Wow. Is that a unique stat, or is that a handcrafted stat for this occasion? I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a stat that shows everything that you just said about how valuable this player is to this team. I mean, it's I haven't looked at who, you know, the AFC or NFL Special Teams Player of the Week is. I hope it's Boswell. I'm assuming nope. it's some kick returner from, like, uh, 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 the Cardinals or something. He but. got, no, Boz got snubbed. I don't know how they picked that stuff. To me, mm -hmm. it's... Uh, Dum, it's dum, dum, just dumb. Dum, 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 I don't know how they pick that stuff. Uh, you'd almost think it's a meaningless award that just voted for online. <laughs> well, I learned from uh, Labriola this week that there is no pay incentive when you win those. Kind oh, of like okay. So okay. So now I don't even. Have, so now we don't have to be invested whatsoever. No. Okay. Good. 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 But yeah. But it's. I mean, what you know? This, this is somebody who is you know talking about. Like, oh, to kick or impact the game. No, this is as impactful on a game as you can be in a positive fashion. Short of him returning that fumble for a touchdown. Like, what else do you want the guy to do? Like, All right. Well, you know, so Ben is becoming a legend. Mm -hmm. Boswell is becoming a god. But we've also got, you know, Muth is becoming a man. His breakout game. Here's mm -hmm. at Jerry Dulac. Pat Fryermuth is Steelers' most dependable player. Monday wow. night, he may have been their best player. Is wow. that is that overreaction? I, I I I tend to not think it's overreaction because again, it's coming from Jerry Dulac, a guy that's seen his share of Steelers over the years and watched his share of games, and he's not someone that's prone to hyperbole. I think. It goes on by your definition of the word dependable, but I'll absolutely back it. I mean, it's, you know, just I, I don't feel nervous when they throw it in Friar Booth's direction. I think he's got as good a chance to come down with almost any pass. I mean, it's not, you know, running 60 yards downfield necessarily, but he doesn't have to. I mean, he's going to outfight the guy that's covering him, even if the guy's interfering with him. I, I, I don't know how this could have gone better. This is exactly what we said on this podcast we hoped would happen back in August. Would he work his way into the offense, become an indispensable part of it by midseason? That's literally what happened. I mean, you know, I'll be the one to first admit that I never saw this kind of progression from a rookie tight end this mm, soon. Right. Uh, you know, I thought for sure, you know, you know, maybe he'd be the the just the, a number two, maybe getting some red zone attention. But I mean, it helps that Ebron, you know, mm -hmm. one man's uh, one man's dis disability is another man's opportunity. I think is what Coach says, uh, mm -hmm. so something like that. I hated it. Well, I was it was close, <laughs> Coach. Okay, I don't know, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, how about how about this mm -hmm. on Muth from at Alex Kazora? Pat Fryermuth on third down this season, twelve catches on thirteen targets, seven first downs, three touchdowns. Uh, 
I, this is like a Travis Kelsey already. No, those are incredible numbers, and I immediately thought of, like, it, it's, of course, impossible not to compare Frymouth to Heath Miller, but even then, Reimer, uh, Reimer's, wherever you said his name, was absolutely here at the same time, and he wasn't hurt, and it took Miller a long time to come along for, you know, for Ben to develop that trust with him in his rookie season. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it, the first thing I bumped on reading this stat was it, it was only seven first downs, but then I thought, <laughs> how many of these might have been, like, without having the plays in front of me, where, you know, it's like third and 18, and Frymouth gets a 12-yard catch or something like that you know one where hey there's really no way that the tight end is going to make this work but he still made a play and gave it a chance we've seen second and eights that made third and shorts you know Mm -hmm. uh, yeah Mm -hmm. he's been uh he's Mm -hmm. been hey you can't argue with Dulac he's been their most dependable player maybe besides Boswell I'll agree with that yeah uh all right one more thing on the offense because all right we can't go without talking about Tomlin because Mm -hmm. uh from at Cower, CBS, kudos, Coach Tomlin, well done, so proud of you, don't stop now, Chuck can hear you coming, we're talking about, uh, you know, Tomlin, we told you last week he tied Mm. uh, Cower, now he's got 150 wins, Uh, you know, do you see him, uh, it's hard to think that, man, by by this time, Cower was rounding uh, was you know rounding up his career rounding up his career he was winding rap- down winding down up. Yeah. wrapping up he was he was uh, he was getting ready to retire mm-hmm. uh, do you see this do you see Tomlin uh closer to the end of his career or is he is he just still getting started? I, 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 it depends on what he wants to do. I mean, Tomlin's still forty nine. That's he's still young for what this industry is, for what the job requires. It uh, the question becomes: How does Tomlin want to deal with the next quarterback? It's do you want to be the guy that you know that that, that winning percentage may take a hit if you draft even the big stud kid out of the school, but you know, it, but that doesn't mean he wouldn't want to stick around for it to use a sense with double negative in it. Or are they able to get the big uh, get a free agent in here, a guy that's done it before and have him come and lead this team because the truth is if Tomlin wanted to keep going with this he could because regardless of what you think of this team and where it is right now they're very much building something yeah. This team is building up to be if hey look maybe they don't win the Super Bowl this year but this is going to be a good team moving forward barring injuries and that kind of thing so this is absolutely the kind of thing that if you can get that quarterback or even a decent one hey you could keep this rolling for a long time if you wanted to yeah it's 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 I guess it's what motivates him is it mm. you know coming he's only had Ben you know right. so is it is it trying to kind of build up something again mm-hmm. and you know or is it look I don't have anything else to prove which he you know if he he doesn't if he mm-hmm. if he said hey I'm done with this. I don't have anything else to prove. Right. You know, does Kevin Colbert have a factor in that? It's like, look, this is this has been my partner for mm-hmm. a decade. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to try to move forward without him. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I, you know, I could see it. I could see it either way. But I kind of, I kind of, after the fire we've seen from so far, Tomlin, I kind of mm-hmm. feel that he would want to rise up to that challenge with a, a new quarterback and a new offense. You know, absolutely. For a man that takes such sheer joy in being an educator and being a teacher what a wonderful opportunity that is to do it with a new quarterback to do it with someone whether it's new to the league or new to Pittsburgh well I, I, it's so hard to not see him want to really give that a shot to see what he could do there too all right well sh- shoot you know we, we still have to get to we've got to get to Canada we've got mm-hmm. to get to the defense but I think uh you know maybe I think we should take a, the the commercial break now mm-hmm. uh we, we can uh yeah, I mean, there's just a, so much to talk about. I don't know. We didn't. I don't know if you listened, but last week we didn't have a commercial after oh all that. Uh, after I was so worried about having brain pills, we were given the brain pills. There was no more brain pills. Oh man! I think are we getting boycotted? Are the advertisers boycotting <laughs> what Jin's talk about? We're being silenced. Well, you know, I'll give, give us those brain pills, okay? <laughs>
I'll be, uh, all right, hold on. We'll be back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, welcome back to what Jin's talking about. Ah, uh, all right, we we left off on a lot of offense stuff. You know, we didn't get to we didn't get to Canada. Do we even want to? Do we even want to get to the Canada haters? Do we want to give them the time of day? Uh, we're the only people that can. I mean, it's, I'm not saying we have to, but I'm just saying we're the only ones that can set this right. All and, right, uh, let's set it right then. Here's uh, at Sean underscore Barry from mm. NBC Two. I don't know what the fa- know where, that where, is either. Uh, and here I thought the Steelers offense was about to light the world on fire. Silly me. <laughs> Obviously, this was a new Steelers watcher, I think. Um, there was no fire setting uh, tonight. That's not how we win games. No. And it's and something I was struck by when reading these tweets and when th- thinking about the game on Monday night was how much, you know, the Super Bowl 43 team really did struggle with a lot of offense throughout that season. And I thought of a mo- another Monday night game, the one left which played in Washington against uh, the football team there and how there was talk then at the time, even the papers well, maybe Leftwood should come in for Roethlisberger just because the offense was struggling so, so much. So, yeah, I mean, it's I remember some Steeler teams in the last decade that did have an offense that set the world on fire. They didn't win Super Bowls. Yeah, the good. Well, good point. Good point. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, didn't, they didn't even put up 30 points when they were supposed to sometimes. <laughs> uh, we need 30 points a game, whatever. All right. Mm-hmm. How about from at Mr. Cavus Peak? Mm. It's clear Matt Canada scripts his first 15 to 20 plays very well. His mm. problem is in-game adjustments. If it was me, I'd let Roethlisberger go a mini no-huddle mm. and call the plays for a drive or two. Uh, everyone wants the, the no-huddle from Ben. Um, but, we, uh, you know... We saw, I mean, look, we didn't have execution. Is, mm-hmm. is it execution or is it game plan? Well, what I will say is that uh, uh, as a fan, when you say I want to see Ben go no huddle, that's because you as a fan trust Roethlisberger so much more than any offensive coordinator. So thus, you're dealing with your own emotional state, your own anxiety. Well, I don't know that guy up in the booth. I know the guy snapping the ball. I'm going to give him all the responsibility. And that feels better to me, the person who apparently says these kind of things on social media. It's my quarterback. That's right. But again, I, I understand the idea that you know professionals paid a lot of money have a lot of ego and you know ego can certainly take a place this but i really do believe that every coordinator and quarterback on every team is trying to win and if they think something (laughs) was going to do they really would do it that's not to say they don't adjust but man roethlisberger has been there for what 18 years at this point if he wanted to do more mini no huddle i think they'd let him you know that he there was a moment where he looked up i don't know if you caught this he does Mm. look up at one point to the i'm guessing to the booth because why else would he be looking up right and he did the you know kind of the speed it up kind of mm-hmm. so i don't know if that means getting the call to the helmet or right. if he wants up tempo offense mm-hmm. but there there was some communication there you know where, where ben was like let's let's you know let's let's get let's get the move on mm-hmm. and and again that gets back to what we said a little bit ago about like you always want ben in that position to be the guy who's pushing it forward the guy who's going to try these things the guy who's going to be aggressive because that's where he could make the big game changing play how about this is from at Booner 088, whose, whose name happens to be Matt Canada is God awful. 
Steelers Matt Canada relies way too heavily on the defense. Mm. It's almost as if he doesn't care about scoring because he hopes the defense holds them. So infuriating. Is that Canada's problem? He's 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 a defensive coordinator at, at heart. I, 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 we have to make some kind of policy that you can't put tweets up from like 11 year olds. <laughs> like that's just so, like because I mean, look, I mean, I make fun of it, but I absolutely get the same state. This is the kind of thing I think in the middle of the fourth quarter when the bear, not the middle of the fourth quarter, but when the bears have taken the lead, when it's all gone wrong, this is, this is, you know how they use the phrase, oh, they're in their feels. This is what in their feels looks like. This is it in tweet form where you start thinking, well, the offensive coordinator just relies on the defense. He's too much into the defense. No, no, they aren't. It didn't go as we'd hoped at this point. They have a chance to turn it around. And then after that, you can uh, uh, blather whatever. Yeah. You know, the, these, uh, these defensive coordinators we go against have the same, if not more football knowledge than you <laughs> right. sitting at home. All right. It's entirely possible. I mean, if you, if, if you see Najee having trouble running up the middle, mm-hmm. it's because they're putting all their efforts into stopping the run up the middle because mm-hmm. we've all, everyone who's watched the Steelers the past four weeks says, hey, mm-hmm. they win games by running it up the middle with mm-hmm. Najee. Right. So if, if, if they're shutting us down there, then we start seeing some jet sweeps. I think we had uh, half like of six. our... six. It was a bunch of them. Yeah. yeah, for almost, I would say, I don't know if it was half of our rushing yards, but it was probably 40% of our rushing yards came off those sweeps there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if, it's, if we're not getting it up the middle, then they're trying to find ways to move it outside. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's just all these... Canada haters, uh, believe me, they they see the same results that you see out there. They're trying to move the ball down the field. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's not, not every play you can. Why did he pick him up? What a guy! Oh, you, no. you know, not every play are you going to pick him up and put him down. <laughs> uh, how about wait? Let me let's give one last word here oh, on the okay. Canada haters. Mm-hmm. This is from at Pittsburgh Sport. Mm. Uh, some game thoughts. One side effect of the Steelers. Focusing on the short three to five yard passes is getting their wideouts hurt. Mm. They're taking a ton of abuse. First Juju, now Claypool couldn't finish. Uh, is there a point there? Is this is this a you know is this one of the side effects of having a uh, short passing game? Well, I think it's it's kind of interesting because I realized Juju didn't get hurt on a short pass. It was a handoff, basically, right? I mean, he was running one of those end arounds Did, too, and he got hit yeah. by a guy. So yeah. it, I, I mean, I do think you know it stands reason. The more you use these guys, the more they're going to get hurt. The more it, it, it yeah, they're going to get hit more. I don't know if that's necessarily going to lead to more injuries, but you know, the only thing I thought while reading this is thinking, geez, it's been almost 40 years now of the West Coast offense of throwing three to five <laughs> yards and it you know and, and not everyone's gotten hurt doing that and even then it's less of a hitting league than it was even then so I think it, it, with injuries no matter what play you call there's always going to be an element of bad luck I think it does show something that these it, it, receivers have been hurt a bit I'd still chalk it up more to bad luck than you know play calling there's no play you can call where like we're going to protect the wide receiver on this play <laughs> that one isn't there yeah it's called the handoff right right <laughs> exactly. yes exactly it's the punt that's what we're doing it's, I mean um, would you rather be the wideout who's going over the middle when with a strong safety having a uh, you know ten yard running start at you, or would you rather try to catch it at the line of scrimmage and maybe try to juke them out and take your chances? I don't know. So I, I, I mean, it does. The, the, now that we're talking about this, it does kind of feed into the argument of like, hey, who's going to be the slot receiver? Because we do tend to keep losing those guys on a similar thing. So I mean, I, I don't think it's it can be totally dismissed out of hand. But I mean, to use a phrase that I hear all the much cooler Steelers bloggers saying, it is the price of doing business on a certain level. Oh, okay, all and, right. Um, and you know, and these you know people are worried we're going to be starting people like Ray Ray and 
late. And mm-hmm. but I remember many Steeler seasons where, come December, we're you know we're playing a lot more snaps of people like uh, Nate Washington mm-hmm. or um, that Hamilton guy. That Ham- was the Kobe one that Hamilton. That was the one that drove me nuts. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of guys who you didn't think were going to get the snaps come September and October were needed to be there in uh, December and January. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to the defense. Okay. Uh, the tweet. Let's go to at Bill Pershing here. Mm. Steelers secondary got exposed in the second half, but I would argue that the pass rush was equally to blame. Watt was getting doubled, chipped. I believe I saw a triple team, and what someone else has to beat their one-on-one matchups. What, what was it? Did we have a secondary failing? Did we have a pass rush failing, or is it both? I, I, I'm always willing to go both on this kind of thing because it's like it, it really is. You know, if you think of like safety protocols and like a dangerous work environment, like the pass rush is first, and if that fails, then the secondary is supposed to be there. And if they both failed, then they both failed. They pass and failed together. What I, I did keep thinking about when I was reading these tweets and, you know, thinking about it was that, like, you know, Justin Fields is really talented. I think he's yeah. going to be a pretty great quarterback. And at some point, he was always going to have that game where he broke out. That doesn't mean he won't take a step back next week. That doesn't mean it's, you know, he's going to be Joe Burrow of this year, uh, next year. But, you know, he was eventually going to have that moment, as Roethlisberger did, where he can essentially take over a game. Now, that doesn't excuse the Steelers. That doesn't mean they have things to work on on defense. I would like to see Alex Highsmith with much, much better numbers but on a long enough timeline someone as talented as Justin Fields is going to make this work and you know you saw the defense uh, scheme for field you know we, mm-hmm. we talked for all month about mobile quarterbacks <laughs> and so we had you know we had I don't know if it was Edmonds or if it was Minka closer but you know we we, we had guys with that uh Keeping keep we had we had people keeping an eye on fields. That's why uh, Arthur Millette was mm-hmm. probably playing more snaps, uh, right? You know, as as the nickel because he is kind yes. of a, more of a run stopper, mm-hmm. and that and, was a problem in the end. <laughs> well, yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. what we're doing is we're we're asking we're telling uh, Fields that you're going to have to beat us with your arm, mm-hmm. and you know, sure enough, that he that's kind of what he did. I mean, yes. the tweet from David M. Todd: uh, eight passing plays of 16 yards or more, six that went for at least 20. Fields had a 25. A 21 a 50 mm. a 20 a 28 a 39 mm-hmm. it's like if, if if they beat us by just gunslinging it mm-hmm. uh which is kind of what he did it wasn't you know it wasn't, particularly in the second half it wasn't like they were contested balls they were mm. they were they were honeydew they were they were <laughs> dropped in there they mm-hmm. were they they were honey i don't know why honeydew came to mind but they were they were definitely a big sweet fruit of a pass from justin fields absolutely and, and i'll just piggyback on top of what you're saying imagine if the steelers had gone into it with the opposite game plan and we're like okay we're going to protect the deep ball from justin fields he would have run like wild that would have been its own problem it was it's an entirely different game in the first half so it so now the next team the bears play has to think about this but you know again sooner or later fields was going to figure it out but if you're putting together the Steelers defensive game plan you couldn't bet on that for this game no no and if you bet on that mm-hmm. uh and that was the only way mm-hmm. that they were going to beat you so then when they did it was like well hey that they yeah, you tip know, the cap yeah tip yeah we're gonna mm-hmm. tip of the cap there okay mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. how about uh this is at Josh Yohe oh. PGH the Devin, Penguins writer. For oh, the, is he a Penguins for the writer? Athletic, for the Athletic, yes. Well, you know, he's he's crossing over the uh, the river here. Devin Bush is getting dangerously close to bust territory. 
I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I wish Stephen Bush was taking over games, sure. And every game he does seem to make a play that you're like, ah, that didn't go as I'd hoped. But again, I also am not seeing every play where he's doing the right thing or in the right position. I mean, it's it's I do worry that with someone picked as high as Bush, there's either bust or NFL MVP candidate. And so what I like to say, I feel like I say this every week when one of these tweets comes up. Yes, I'd like to see him doing more and, and taking over more of a game. But man, I'm just not ready to go bust yet. Get get, get me in December, January. Like, he had at least one key breakup mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, it, it, it could have been potential pick. You know, he got a hand and it popped it in the air. But, you know, just we're just not getting those. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, not, I can't really don't really remember him sticking out in the run. Mm-hmm. D uh, he didn't. Ha- I don't think he was even in the rush. I don't think he was rushing at all this game. So there was no sack opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another thing with the pass rush. If it's not 97, 90 or 56, there, there really is no right. pass rush. You're, you know, warmly, uh, uh, louder milk. Those guys are good on the run stop, mm-hmm. but there's really only three guys that can get to the quarterback. And Devin Bush might have been the fourth, <laughs> but I don't think we saw him in a pass rush situation this year. It's so. Uh, you know, it's. I guess the jury is still out. Right. It, it is. It is not going as we'd hoped right now, but that doesn't mean it can't turn around. How about let's go to at ninety three seven the trolls. <laughs> That's a nice name for an account. Yeah, I think it's uh, self-explanatory there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pretty standard for the defensive picks in the first round of this team in the last few years. When you start naming number one picks on the defensive side and how little we've gotten out of them, it's amazing that Steelers aren't worse off. Uh, I mean, what's, you know, how about some of these first round starters? We've got Devin Bush from 19. Mm -hmm. We've got Edmonds from 18. TJ Watt. Mm -hmm. We can't, I don't think there's, you can't argue that. Uh, Sure, Artie Burns Mm -hmm. in 16. Bud Dupree. Mm -hmm. Ryan Shazier. uh, Do we have to go back to Cam Hayward? (laughs) uh, Ziggy Hood. uh, Not Carlos Timmons. um, Lawrence. Lawrence Timmons. I would say that's about five out of 10 are. Not just hits, but uh, franchise players. Absolutely. And I'll piggyback. And obviously, you want to hit and get more out of all of them. But for me, I reserve my judgment so much more on these kinds of things after seeing what Bud Dupree was able to do. I mean, he looked. I mean, every argument you can hear about Devin Bush is what you would hear about Dupree in those first couple of years, and then he became quite literally unblockable. I mean, uh, you know, so I, 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 I'm more than willing to give these guys the benefit of the doubt that they can be coached up, that they can get there, just from what Bud was able to be. Yeah. So if we see, uh, so in Devin Bush's, in terms of the Bud, the Bud comparison, if uh, next year Devin Bush just is, puts on a Pro Bowl performance, mm-hmm. uh, will that be worth the time invested in these first? Three years. Well, I mean, that, like say any other question to get with predicting the future. That depends on how this season ends. I mean, if you know he's juked out by another Dearness Jackson guy or whatever that guy was, and that caused him to lose the playoffs or not go into the playoffs or something, that's something else. But you know, if this team keeps playing at this level and continues to grind out games this way, then yeah, Bush coming along and becoming a great player is one of those X factor things that can make this team better than it already is. Well, just what, as to its return could potentially be too. Like, yeah. Well, what about while we're here on first round picks? What about uh, Terrell Edmonds? You know they didn't take the didn't take the option for the fifth year, but he's kind of you know he's not again not putting a Pro Bowl statistically mm-hmm. up season, but he's been physical. He's been mm-hmm. there in the you know in the run stopping the run. Uh, he's been present in a lot of the past. D. He's you know he we've seen him 
we've seen people score on him. Is that necessarily his fault? Not not a hundred percent, but mm-hmm. there's sure some share the blame there. Where are you with uh, Terrell Edmonds right now? I mean, I always think of safeties like uh, comedy duos. Like one person's like the wild and crazy out there guy, and the other guy's like the straight man. And Terrell Edmonds is essentially has to be the straight man for the most part. Like, don't mess up. Play the old Chris Hope part. Well, pull him all the way out there. That's not to say that they use Minka the same way they used uh, Polamalu, but I mean, there is one guy that's here to just be a safety. Let so, and if he can just be a safety, then that presumably lets Minka do the things that uh, you know Minka is supposedly able to do. I mean, again, it's we're back to the same thing. Even though Edmonds was picked much, much later in the draft, it's you're either a, a, an All Pro or you're a bust here. Would I have liked to have seen him be the guy that can take over a game? Sure, but I'm not sure he isn't mostly dependable. Which again is not what you're hoping for value wise or whatever they talk about but it's hard for me to get too worked up about it right now are you at, at this point are you giving him a contract in the offseason uh it, it, again it's hard to say that without looking at what's at the market what what the drafting is i mean it's it's i feel like it's it, it, there's so many other needs that they could potentially address it's hard to think like okay we're gonna spend the kind of draft capital it would take to go get a safety safety but maybe it, uh, I, I can see, you know, if, if he keeps playing at this level, I doubt he's going to get that like franchise, you know, 50 million, 10 years kind of contract. So maybe you can sign him for a couple of years. All right. OK, let's uh, look. Uh, do we do we have to talk about the refs? I don't even <laughs> let's just quickly try to get through this. Mm-hmm. How about at Blitz videos? The Bears had 12 penalties for 115 yards. Uh, Steelers had five penalties for 30 yards. A lot of yellow flags in there. Was it was it justified? Were the are the refs putting their noses in where they don't belong? Uh, you know, because you know initially it looked like this was going to be a chippy game. We yes. had some offsetting uh, personal fouls. Uh, of course, anytime. You've got Ben and another mobile quarterback. Everyone's mm-hmm. lining up to take their hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was what was the state of the of the yellow on this game? I mean, when people say that there were too many penalties, sure, as like an objective observer watching that. But I, I must say, as as a fan, I never ever care if people complain that your team gets the calls because they're never saying that from a place of honesty. It's you never. I mean, we're still we're a month out now. Have you have any of you that uh, uh, you know hearing about the Cassius Marsh uh, uh, taunting? Have you gotten apologies? from anyone that uh, at the Green Bay uh, field goal that didn't go out. Absolutely yeah. not. So don't worry about it. Don't feel bad about it. If you want to be magnanimous and say, oh, yeah, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't have taken the seven, eight steps. Sure. But were there more penalties than you'd like to see in a game you're watching on television? Yeah, but it's but again, the Bears are three and five team. They've lost a lot of games. Part of that is holding, is committing penalties, is sloppy. When, yeah. Right. When Watt takes time out of his press conference to say, like, that dude took like three steps back jumping on every play, and then you watch it. It's like the dude's like skittering across your screen. Like there's a bug or something. It's wild. Like, do you think, because we've had some games where arguably the refs had a factor in the outcome, do you think ultimately the refs played a factor in this game's outcome? Ah. Uh, it's so hard for me to say that because if as soon as you open the door to did the refs uh, uh, play a factor in this outcome, what else could have played and uh, uh, had something to do with this outcome that wasn't just the refs that led us to this point? I mean, if we're going by a million different things, was the was the taunting thing big? Sure. Was this uh, low block that we're apparently supposed to be up in arms about that took this Bears TD off? Maybe, but that didn't stop the Bears from not getting a TD on any of their other plays. That didn't mean that they couldn't have sacked Ben at anywhere else in that drive. It's very, very hard for me to get worked up about oh the refs impacted the game when we're saying that what we mean is the players should have impacted it more yeah yeah always a good point you know my only thing with the refs is the the point is we're we do replay and we do these things to get it right Mm -hmm. so 
that should be the goal above all else, you know, mm-hmm. getting it right. If it takes longer to go over it, if we have to reverse a call that someone made on the field, if we have to make a call that wasn't necessarily maybe made on the field, I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. I think we have the technology that we could do an instant review on any given play before they, you know, even start the play clock for the next one. I, you know, I think the technology exists if if they want it. You know, mm-hmm. that's the key. But I, I think that they want a TV experience mm-hmm. uh, first and foremost. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think both are achievable. One last thing on the rest. We spent way sure. too much time on the rest. But one last thing, because I always think that the Steelers do uh, are always on the, the bum side of the refs. <laughs> but if you look at, at Marcus Mosher, mm-hmm. the penalty differential since 2015, Steelers are number one with almost 15 penalty yards fewer per game than our opponents. Well, I mean, the first thing I think when I see that is out for so much of that time, the team had an experienced offensive and defensive line, which you're not going to get so many of those offsides and holding penalties and that kind of thing. So I, without having that stat in front of me, I wouldn't be surprised if that thing maybe spikes a little bit or looks like uh, Wall Street stocks are doing well towards the <laughs> end of it. But I think, again, that speaks to the whole thing about this. How many times do we say on this podcast, oh, they said Tomlin lost the team. I imagine a team that loses, someone that loses the team is someone's going to have a lot more penalties than this. Yeah, they're certainly not, uh, you know, it's every week we hear, about how we're trying to stop the especially the pre-snap penalties Mm -hmm. and so if that's a focus you know even on weeks when we win uh, maybe maybe it's not uh, maybe it's not uh, happenstance happenstance that we're yeah. that we're uh, that we're fewer penalty maybe we are more disciplined mm-hmm. uh, I don't know all right let's get to the lightning round okay let's start with let's go to at Carter critiques mm. Watt sack. Was his 60th sack in 69 games, wow. fourth fewest games to 60 sacks in NFL history, only behind Reggie White, J.J. Watt, and Derek Thomas. You know, last week it was, uh, you know, is Watt a, a top a top five Steelers rusher? <laughs> but now I'm like, well, is he just a top? Five NFL all-time rusher. Absolutely. I mean, when when you're compared to players that like I would get free posters of when I was in elementary <laughs> yeah. school, saying like you need to learn to read. That's a sign of how well this uh, uh, the kind of company that TJ is keeping at this point. You know, some people were ready to put AB in the Hall of Fame after five or six seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, are we is that way? Are we way too soon to be putting yellow jackets? On? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but 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 it's but there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, if he keeps up on this pace, if he keeps up with anything, even approaching this pace those are things that are fine to say all right how about at scott harb crazy thought but cam hayward might be top 10 to 15 Steelers of all time I mean, it is. It's easier to say these things after a game. When what was that insane stat that it was like? That was the. It was the least amount of time an interception was ever in the air in NFL history. I think I read it. Uh, it's easier to. Yeah, it's easier to say that after something like that. But it's, you know, I, I I am by no means qualified to say such a thing, and we won't be able to until literally the end of Hayward's career. It um, again, like everything else about Hayward, it's so hard for me to say that without the championship, without the ring. I mean, it's that's not to say there weren't great Steelers that didn't win trophies, but with this team, with this dynasty with this you know lineage it's always hard to put some of the best players no matter how great they were in that top number without taking that into account we've got 10 Steeler defenders in the hall of fame so tell me if uh, cam lines up with any of these guys mel blunt uh butler uh mean joe green kevin green uh lambert mm. ham troy donnie shell 
a hot rod. <laughs> I mean, it's we, uh, like those are the those are the Hall of Fame defenders. Is Cam in that conversation? Well, I mean, I was alive to see exactly three of those guys play, so I'm not sure I'm the best judge of this. But yeah, if he keeps up at this pace, especially if they win a championship, I think so. It, it, it's just again, I also don't have Cam's career stats in front of me because it's because he's not just going to be judged against Steelers; he's going to be judged against the other defensive linemen of this time. So I don't know what, but I mean, the fact that Cam keeps collecting the All Pros suggests to me that those stats are probably pretty pretty good two all pros mm-hmm. right i think only mean joe green may may have done that okay. uh 60 sacks which i think he's fifth uh all time for okay. steelers right there with uh, joey porter mm-hmm. i mean you know so the steelers that aren't in the hall are players like debo mm-hmm. greg lloyd um gildan mm-hmm. uh so you know is he I can see him maybe more with that group. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. The, the Hall of Very Good, but I would also, uh, the, the specific players you mentioned, you know, they didn't have the longest careers of that highest level of production, which is why, you know, just a second ago when we talked about, hey, we're not ready to put TJ in the Hall just yet. Right, because he has to keep up that production for so many years. I mean, Harrison, how many, imagine if Harrison had come out of Kent State ready to just dominate and not that whole <laughs> thing about, you know, bouncing between NFL Europe and driving the bus at Kent State. Like, if he had come out and put up the numbers he did later in his career at the beginning he'd be in the hall too so it so i i I think that's where the hall of very good gets is because you had some very very good years so what you're saying is you know cam mm, cam isn't hall ready yet but uh we think that you know hey Never say never, but never. Oh, well, no, I, I don't didn't know mean about that. that. I don't uh, know about what? that. But, it's, <laughs> but the career's not over yet. He keeps playing like this for a few more years. I think it's entirely possible. Okay, all right. Let's uh, let's move on to, how about at Cash Money 2292? <laughs> Fumble recovery as soon as Renegade was played. Uh, the most successful Renegade ever? I, I would it would be right there the one against the uh, the Chargers in the road the Super Bowl forty three where I I think Larry Foote got a sack I don't know if it's a strip sack on Rivers but this is right there you know I, I'm ready to put this as the most successful renegade of all time why because it got a turnover without the defense even having to come on the field I mean the montage is always the defense it's not you know James Pierre, it's not the special teams hitting the guy maybe they should put that in the montage from now on <laughs> I think Boswell deserves right. a place in the in the montage right? <laughs> you know because uh, that's great. Actual physical contact. <laughs> Boz is in there. Uh, how about at the notorious GPB? Mm. Uh, the Steelers had the opportunity to add Fletcher Cox for a third round pick this week, and they passed. Mm, that's that that that's a lot to pay for Fletcher Cox. I mean, he's a great player. He's had a real good career, and it's and obviously the defensive lineman. It's not like you'd have to learn the playbook in terms of like you're running the route, but. That that that's a steep steep price to pay for. I mean, it would have been a nice would have made this season fun, sure. But man, I'd have been sweating it the entire time if they had, uh, uh, especially in the off season, if they had uh, pulled the trigger on that. Do you? What does that say about the the run D and the D line that they might still be out there looking for answers? You know, this far into the season, it, it, it says. Frankly, it says to me that I'm glad they're doing their due diligence. There's somebody that could have become available. So it's. I mean, it's, I I know so many people took that to be like, oh, they have no faith in the run defense or so if they didn't have any faith they'd have made the trade like they'd have pulled the trigger on that i think the fact that they were willing to entertain it that's what you want them to do you want them to listen to an offer maybe the other guy undersells or makes it makes a dumb deal i'd take the phone call about fletcher cox sure what do you want and and it and it certainly shows that we're still in for this season Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't show we're quite as in as if we sold a third or a third round pick. <laughs> but I also think it doesn't handicap this team moving forward. Uh, how about this? Just a 
this this kind of just showed me kind of the the state of the team actually where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, this comes from Steelers themselves. They posted the the pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of like the you know pump up like get rowdy moment it was just mm. Steelers and their silhouettes they were kind of like on fire like kind of okay. like uh, which Street Fighter character threw the fireball I guess it was well there's a few of them I mean, there's Dalsim there was Ken there was Ryu and- yeah it was probably more of like a like a, like a Ryu Ken okay. they had their you know they had their uh, Hadoukens mm-hmm. uh, ready to go there okay <gasps> There we go. But the the people, all right, the number, you could just see their jerseys. Their face mm. were darkened. And these, oh, cool. and these were the players they featured on offense. Mm. 7, 11, mm. 22, 69, and 88. Wow. So besides Ben, we're talking rookies, Dotson, <laughs> and, you know. Click. Second year guys. Yeah. So the the fact is, the, you know, our the reality of our offense is these are First and second year guys. Mm-hmm. I, I, the best thing I've heard anyone say about the Steelers in the last month, and I, I don't think we've covered it yet on this podcast, is where Ed Bouchette, I forget it was a week or two ago, said, this team is rebuilding. You just don't notice it because Ben's starting. But this, the rest yeah. of it, they very much are rebuilding. You just don't see it because, one, they're winning, and two, Ben's still a quarterback. But otherwise, this would be absolutely seen as a rebuild that is years ahead of schedule. Yeah, exactly. This is, mm-hmm. the, re, the rebuilding is now, and mm-hmm. we still might be in the hunt for uh, a division title. Right. Uh, so Mike Tomlin's got to be in coach of the year conversation. <laughs> I, you know, I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, one one last we got to this is off the field. But one last thing mm-hmm. uh, uh, at PPG, mm-hmm. you know, former uh, Steelers wideout Louis Lips. He's won't be attending the Hall of Honor ceremony this weekend because uh, arrested for DUI. That's a shame. It was, it was like a three times the legal limit Jeez, in Mount Washington on a. You know, on a residential street, he ran oh. into a he ran into a trailer on Ruth Street, which is oh my word. hardly too. It's hard, you know. It's just enough to park your car on the. Right. Uh, you know, I'm surprised there weren't uh, chairs already in the in the parking <laughs> spots waiting for the first snowfall. Um, but uh, you know, the week or uh, is it a week after the the tragedy right, out the there drugs. in Vegas, and mm-hmm. just bums me out because Louis Lips, what you know, was one of my faves from the later null era there before Cower took over. And I, I remember he came to RW Clark elementary school oh, wow. in, uh, in Lower Highlands and, um, you know, just he was the, he was the the star of the Steelers there for a while. Oh, jeez! And I, so, you know, he, this, he's not going to get his moment. They're going to do it at a later, okay. at a later year. Well, I hope I hope he gets help. I mean, that's not just hey, we had a couple too many at the bar when you're doing something like that. That's someone that could use some real help. I'm glad no one was hurt, and I hope this works out for the best for everyone. And you know, I'm I'm look. I'll admit that some of us have, uh, myself included, you know, probably made bad decisions that way. But you know, uh, just. Call 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 an Uber. Uh, right. Maybe I'm talking to myself. Just no, call, no, no, no. Call call, right. There, there's a lot more options now than they were when Louis Lips was playing for the Steelers. There's the ride share. There's, you can you can always get somebody to come drive you home. Yes, especially please. if you're Louis Lips, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, it's not like oh, I hope this doesn't go over my bank account. No, you're gonna be able to afford to Uber back down Mount Washington. Yes. All right, let's get to the final word. Let's uh, let's go to Bleacher Report for the final word here. Don't be fooled <laughs> by the Steelers five and three record. Roethlisberger and the Steelers stink. Oh man, when Bleacher Report says you stink, that's it's almost a compliment. That's a badge of honor. All I can think of is this: the lady, I'm dating myself here, the lady from Major League, when they have the cardboard cutout, and she says, "You guys stink," and they keep ripping off uh, uh, parts of the dress. Yeah. It, um, I mean, Bleacher Report is, you know, I stopped reading it when I forget which Steelers blogger I was reading said, like, "Yeah, we're the people." Yeah, Bleacher Reports, we don't hire.
fire people from there. Like that's that's as low <laughs> that's as low as that should. Bleacher Report is just a step up from you just tweeting into the ether like that. It, it, they put the name in front of it. No, 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 no. I mean, is it? I I love the idea of of. I hope they continue to say his team stinks on a four game winning streak. I hope there's yeah. many. I hope there's many many more wins that lead to the Steelers stinking. We're not worried about style points. Tell them, coach. It's about wins. Please, I, I would uh, please. We've. I think we have. Or don't we already have one of the worst Super Bowl uh, teams ever in Super Bowl yes. Forty? So great. I would love to. Uh, mm-hmm. I would love to have another uh, horrible Super Bowl winning team. Absolutely, just the worst Super Bowl winning team of all time. And what, think, what a tragedy that would be. You know, and I think uh, Trey Essex, Trey Day seventy seventy nine, has it best when he says, "A win is a win is a win mm-hmm. is a win." I am so glad you use his tweets because he's so insightful and frankly. I remember all of the criticisms that you hear now about the young offensive line. You heard about Trey Essex at the time, but he wasn't strong enough. He cooked too many penalties. He wasn't making it. So, yes, so that really what a great example to tie all this together with Trey Essex. He can keep my tombstone or whatever. I'll take the W. That's right. Okay. How about just for the final word mm-hmm. at Brooke at B Pryor, Brooke mm. Pryor. Don't look now. Steelers on a four game winning streak. First time Roethlisberger has won four straight starts with zero interceptions in his career. Wow. Playoff chances went from 9% to 44%. I mean, I I can't. The only thing I can think of dumber than Bleacher Report is the ESPN, you know, playoff percentages. I know 538 had them at 39% this morning. And, um, but yeah, Brooke Pryor, who's been here before, is someone with not the best takes, comes out with a nice one. What I'm so fascinated by is the way she starts the sentence. Don't look now, but the Steelers are on a four-game win streak. Many of the people we talk about did not look now they did not look at all i thought that's a good point brooke so you know here we are uh at our, at our best point in the season and things are only looking up so mm-hmm. all you know a lot of haters want to want to keep trying to bring us down because mm-hmm. oh yeah that's don't worry they're going to come back to earth and we're going to be right this whole time about when they stink and when they you know when mm-hmm. they don't worry no no we're coming back it's uh <laughs> It's it's we're, it, we're, hey it's a playoff run now I'll call it I'll call it in uh, a go. month a month before we unleash hell wow wow you're still using the unleash hell I've been trying to hide from it after that winter <laughs> but yes all right so until next week uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kyle Christ. where can we find you Greg you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Greg Benevent that's G R E G B is in boy E N E V is in victory E N T uh, so until next week be the standard. And uh, hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply